Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Money of M89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. I'm Elliot Danker. It's now time for In the Spotlight. And today we're putting travel in the spotlight. Traveler behavior, preferences, all these continue to change in response to issues such as sustainability uh, or perhaps the adoption of new technologies, social, economic, geopolitical changes, all these playing a part, right? What does this mean for the types of traveler that are likely to emerge in, say, 10 years' time? I mean, as demand for travel continues to grow, the travel industry needs to start thinking further ahead about the traveler of the future. What exactly is the traveler of the future? Well, this is why Amadeus has uh, commissioned North Star Research Partners to define the new traveler profiles that will emerge in the new decade. So how have travelers evolved and how will technology say, for example, AI or virtual reality. How's that going to play a key role in travel planning in the future? Well, on the line with me is Karun Budharaja, who is Senior Vice President, Travel Unit Marketing, Asia Pacific for Amadeus. Uh, Karun, good afternoon. How are you? Very well, Elias. Thank you. Thanks very much for taking the time. Uh, Amadeus, of course, a world-leading travel technology company. Uh, And I understand you guys recently conducted the Traveller Tribes 2033 research. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the aim and the methodology here. Sure. Firstly, Elliot, thank you for having me here. Uh, Well, this this report was commissioned, as you rightly pointed out, with partners called North Star. This was done in the middle of 2022, I'd say, from July to October. So the methodology was, yes, this was a global research. There were about 15 countries, travelers from 15 countries. A traveler was defined as an individual who's traveled at least once. And of those 15 countries, eight of them were from Asia Pacific and Singapore being one of them as well. So we interviewed around 10,300 travelers across these 15 countries. And as what I said, eight of which were here, mm-hmm. managed to get a lot of data points, I would say, and a lot of good understanding of the traveler of 2033, actually. Okay, so I guess uh, that comes to building that profile of the traveler of 2033. But I suppose to start us off, how, how do the findings represent Singaporeans' travel preferences? Let's understand our own backyard first. Mm, correct. Uh, very interesting, actually. You know, if, if I just break down the traveler tribes, is that what sure. we were looking at? Because it was more of a psychographic approach than a pure demographic one. You know, because... Post-COVID, I'd say the way we travel has changed. The behaviors have changed. I mean, you know, whoever thought that the world would come to a complete standstill and travel would be turned on its head. Post these two or three years, there has been a lot of change in our own behaviors. The way we work, it's hybrid, you know, it's not the same anymore. (laughs) So when I look at the traveler tribes, I mean, we've categorized them as four tribes. One is what we call the excited experientialists. You know, they are the, this group is try it and see it approach to life. Committed to high income, uh, flexible working options. Then you have something called memory makers, right? So this is a slightly higher age group. uh, I would say middle age, 45 plus. They want to make those memories. And when I look at Singapore, and of course, there are two more. One is, of course, called travel tech fluencers. And the other is clearly, as what the name suggests, this is the younger generation wants Mm -hmm. to try. Again, what you alluded to was virtual reality and AI and uh, all of that. And the final was the pioneering finders. They, these are the guys who've got slightly higher above average income, let's put it that way. Okay. They want the next adventure in their life. When I look at Singaporeans, I, it's clearly what, what came out was it's the memory makers. 50% mm. of Singaporeans, they are the ones, you know, they are looking at their motivations for travel are fairly simple. They want to visit places, create memories, less prone to adventure, I'd say. I mean, if I look at it, not saying that 
This is the only tribe which came out, but there were others, but this was the dominant one which came out from uh, Singaporeans. Hmm. Uh, interesting. I, I probably fall into that second group, uh, not to give away my age, but uh, I do like uh, making memories. But at the same time, I find myself a bit of an overlap with the first one where I, I wouldn't mind an adventure, uh, but maybe that's just my own personality. Okay, with all this in mind, what are we looking at in terms of how the travel preferences are going to be pushed in a different direction or, or, or an evolved direction uh, as we head to 2033? Right. That's a very interesting question. Uh, once we understand, and, and you've pointed out very correctly, actually, Elliot, you know, all of us fall into various categories. Yeah. You can't just fall into one category yeah. because uh, likewise for me as well, and I don't want to give my age <laughs> away as well. So I am finding myself in various categories here or there. So okay. it, it's very hard to say that, okay, I'm 100% a memory maker or mm. I'm 100% of a pioneering pathfinder. Which goes to show when you travel on business and when you travel on leisure, your motivations are extremely different. Ah. I'm a business traveler. So that's where the term you may have heard, you know, uh, pleasure travel came into being many okay. years back. Today, I clearly see that pleasure is really taken off. If I'm traveling on business, I will make sure that I add a weekend to myself mm. as well. So my first four days are very different. My mindset is very different. My attire is very different mm. when I'm meeting people in the office space or in conferencing or whatever else. And there is a weekend which is thrown in. This is what has changed post the pandemic, I would say. This, so the pleasure travel has come into play. And that's what organizations and technology is looking into, that yes, we are human beings after all, that yes, we are traveling for a particular reason, but the reasons are many now, mm. not just one. It's very interesting, uh, Karun, the way you describe it. I mean, it's so much so that as human beings, we're creatures of habit. But if anything that we've picked up from the pandemic is now, you have to add the word flexibility in front, be it in your work or your travel, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's flexibility, it's hybrid and all of that. And as human beings, travel is inherent in us. Mm. It's in our DNA. We yeah. want to connect socially. We want to connect and meet up with people. So it'll always be there. And travel is an extremely resilient industry, I would say. Yeah. Whether you have natural disasters or you have the man-made disasters, travel bounces back fairly quickly. Yeah. And there's a reason to it. You know, there is that inherent reason to it that as human beings, yes, we want to travel. There is that the wonder is there. And of course, the exploration and the roaming part uh, definitely kind of comes in. Yeah. And more so now. Yeah, Pompeii was buried by ash. And even that, I still wanted to go and see what remains of it. It's that natural instinct, right? You want to see it to believe it kind of thing. I am curious, Karun, then if I'm in a travel business uh, or in the industry, right, what do I need to think of in terms of, I don't know, say changing or improving, you know, to better serve these different groups that you mentioned uh, of Singaporean travelers? I mean, if I just break it down, you know, there are five things which really excite a Singaporean traveler. The okay. first is quicker travels, right? So quicker travels to trip destinations. That was a clear winner which came out. Right? Singaporeans want to move to the destination faster and quicker. Then the second one which came out was quite strongly was the introduction of technology that reduces problems during the trips. We want a hassle-free trip. I do not want to be at the airport for very long or I don't want to stand in long queues for immigration or boarding or whatever else it may be. So that's where technology kind of comes in. And that's what we've done at Amadeus, whether the use of kiosks or biometrics or backdrops, etc. And then the third one, which came out quite strongly, was the possibility of being able to remember trips in more vivid ways than ever before. Right. So this is the experience of travel. It's not just going to a destination. They want to really experience that. These are the things that excite the Singaporean traveler, I would say. And of course, they did talk about technology as well. There was something which came out quite strongly was being able to pay for trips by 
cryptocurrency, which was quite an eye opener for all of us, you know, so in a virtual reality or via facial recognition. So these are the things which a Singaporean traveler is thinking that if I travel tomorrow, and when I say tomorrow, it's like, let's say five to 10 years time frame from now, okay. I would like to pay by these virtual currencies. And of course, the use of data, which creates really relevant trips. It's all about hyper-personalization. You don't want those emails coming to you in your inbox when you don't need them, right? So it's the when moment. When should technology hit you is what a traveler needs. All right. As we talk about technology, there are things like AI and virtual reality. That's going to play a part, I would assume, uh, in the planning process of the future? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Especially with uh, chat GBT. That's the rage of town. Huh? I mean, yes, we are all kind of grappling with things like how is metaverse going to impact travel? How is ChatGPT or what we call the generative AI going to impact travel? And I'm playing a lot, a lot around ChatGPT and trying to explore and see what and how things go. Clearly at this point in time, yes, I do foresee that ChatGPT is going to be big. Virtual reality is going to be big because you can experience travel before you actually travel and make informed decisions. But when I look at ChatGBT today, when I look at it, ChatGBT will draft certain things out for you, but it's the human who's going to craft it out. So I think that's where there is that divide right now. Till the time ChatGBT does not have that emotion or the emotive technology, I think people will rely on humans. So it's all about drafting and crafting at this stage. Well, to be fair, as ChatGPT understands uh, languages like communication language or even uh, poetry for that matter, a friend of mine actually was able to key in the right perimeters into ChatGPT and planned a trip to Iceland <laughs> with the help of AI. Uh, this is going to be quite amazing moving forward. There you go. Yes, absolutely. So today, if you have a budget and if you have a number of dates and destinations, yeah. punch it in, real time, you'll get something. Whether it's, that's going to be perfect to your liking, no. But is it going to be fast enough? Yeah. Yes in order for you to make that decision fairly quickly. Okay. Where does Amadeus come in? How do you help address all the other concerns and challenges uh, while ensuring that there's that smooth travel experience? Right. So Amadeus is there, I would say, at every step of the journey, right from inspiration when you're thinking about travel till the time you come back home and okay. everything in between. Right your experience from booking to selecting a seat to firstly going to the airport, having that kind of an experience, and then on the aircraft, at your destination, because we would also have a hospitality business, and then coming back home. So that's why Amadeus plays a pretty important role, I would say, in this travel ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Of course, we have a, we have a fairly large R&D center based out of Europe and also out of Asia and Bangalore and other parts of the world. We invest quite heavily when it comes to whether we are looking at inspiration or booking or traveling or coming back home. So there is a substantial amount which goes into upping the technology and giving customers really what they want. And when I talk about customers being a B2B organization, of course, our customers are, let's say, the airlines of the world, the travel agencies, the hotels and the airports. Okay. But it's extremely important for us to understand the traveler. Hence, this report comes into play. Mm. We really want to understand what the traveler is. So our customer's customer. And yes, at every step, we are investing in technology. To give you an example, Changi Airport, of course, uses, a, when you go in, when you have those kiosks there when you're checking in and there's a backdrop service, that's all provided by Amadeus, just to give one example. Okay. I mean, you talk about upping the technology game. Uh, no doubt things like the metaverse will eventually come into play. Um, but Karun, just a, a slightly different question there. Uh, while all of this comes into play, while all of this comes to the forefront and becomes more mainstream, do you expect things like governance or data protection to increase in terms of uh, attention, uh, for lack of a better choice of words? 
Yes, absolutely. And that's what, even in the report, the biggest concerns for a Singaporean traveler, of course, they talk about technology. Uh, the concerns of these travelers are how safe the data is that yeah. people are willing to share. Yeah. Cybersecurity attacks, will it be more frequent? Um, travel in 2033, will it be unaffordable? But yes, as technology advances, so are these data protection systems, and we're investing quite a bit. And we take data extremely seriously because, as you know, that Amadeus, we, uh, we have a lot of data of travelers, of our customers as well. So this is top of mind for us at any given time. We have a resilience of almost about 99.999%. Of mm. course, it is technology, mm. as you say, you know, but there's a lot of importance given to technology and to data. And as we move along, I think the concerns of individuals and travelers are going to be valid. Where is my data going to be used? How is it going to be used? Am I being watched all the time? So these are concerns that you and I and everybody has. Mm. Um, but, you know, on, on that note, right, another point of concern would be payment trends, uh, especially as we head into 2033. I think I read earlier this year or last year that um, some agencies even experiment or have this thing called buy now, pay later. How much of a concern is that? Because for sure, that's going to build up the travel industry. More people are going to travel, but debts, etc. Is this something worth looking at? Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's what the consumer wants today. Uh, buy now, pay later. They also want easier policies on refund and changing of your tickets because okay. what they saw two or three years back was everything came to a standstill. It was extremely difficult to travel. One, of course, everything was closed and then there was lack of travel. So airlines and other transportation companies were building up or ramping up. Travelers want that flexibility more and more now. You know, so I think that is extremely important. I think what the industry is also looking at virtual payments, right? So right. consumers, how do they adopt them? Okay, the first thing is when you introduce a new method of payment, whether it is cryptocurrency or whether it is buy now, pay later, they will grow, they will shape the future of travel payments, let's put it that way. But for consumers to adopt them, they must overcome the human trait of familiarity bias, I always say. Okay. So our tendency is to stick with what we know, right? I mean, I know it, hence I trust it. So people will have to change behaviors and these behaviors are changing. And of course, new methods of, of, of payments are getting in, into play. There is the flexibility is the name of the game. And that's the reason why also from a payment perspective, uh, we've just launched a wholly owned company of ours called Outpace, you know, which we are looking at these kind of transactions in a B2B space. Where are the payments going? How to make it, how to make travel seamless? Because there is no travel without payment. Mm. There is no travel without payment. That is so true. And that kind of is the bedrock of the entire economy and uh, the optimism that we're all looking at, the travel industry. I've been speaking with uh, Karun Budhraja, who is Senior Vice President, Travel Unit Marketing, Asia Pacific for Amadeus. Uh, Karun, appreciate your time today. Take care and have a great Tuesday evening. Thank you, Elliot. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.